Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh, Stephanie Bell, Randy Tobler taking the day off. Mike Murphy in with us from Comobuzz.com. Mr. Murph. Good morning. Producer Hannah here with us as well. Help, I'm surrounded by news guys this morning. And Brian Housworth. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater in with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the proposed uh, developer for Jefferson City's proposed hotel, conference center, new parking garage and all. But uh, first of all, Ron uh, had a good time, saw a lot of folks, got a lot of good information last night at Cole County's, for lack of a better term, Lincoln Days. Well, thank you. Good morning. It's good to be with you. We did. We had a great time last night. We had a lot of politicians, obviously a lot of people running for statewide office and local office and we invited them all in. They were very polite and hung around. We had a fairly long program because we had a speaker, Scott Fawn, and he did a, a great job. I think he previewed it on your program yesterday. But more importantly, we recognized and celebrated our Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer. There was a very nice video that I had seen over the weekend, and Jonathan Ratliff, who, who works with the congressman, said, you know, could we show this video? And I said, absolutely. And it's essentially his colleagues in Washington just saying nice things about how great he is to work with. So it was fun to be able to celebrate his term in office. You know, we're going to miss him. And, you know, as I said last night, it was just kind of automatic. You know, it's filing time and our congressman's going to file. And then when he put the word out that he was retiring. Exactly takes a gasp out of you for a minute but it, it was a great night we had we had a good crowd and a fun time well pat on the back to blaine lutkemeyer some of us go way back to blaine's days when he was a, a missouri state representative and then he he moved on the governor appointed him director of tourism for a term and all and blaine's been around the block i even i've even teased him on the air when he was the manager of the saint elizabeth crawdads baseball team so oh, wow well, it's just so nice to have a member of Congress from your community or close by. I mean, they shop here. They go to restaurants here. It is just nice to have a congressman. So we're going to miss him, but you know, life moves on, and we're going to have to decide who fills that seat now. Well, Ron- Mayor, can I also say that you know we all, we were contemplating at our table last night filming. <laughs> you know just how quickly you guys were churning all of the candidates in who wanted to speak. You know, I think that other Lincoln Days should be inspired because it was beautiful. There were a lot of speakers, but you guys had them, you know, whipped into shape. They were, you know, nobody really went too far over their time, and it was nice. Yes, it was, and thank, thanks for saying that. Yes, the candidates were, were very cooperative. It, it was interesting. We, we were kind of watching up there, and Taylor Burks was exactly two minutes. I mean, it clicked, and, and he went down. Some were were shorter than their two minutes and we had a couple that went over but they don't get a lot of chance to talk to our members and people need to see them so we were pretty generous but you're right most of them were very good and we appreciated that ron it's a a thing with you and i think folks uh gosh may have remembered you from the very early days we had you on the radio we were so involved in in national republican politics and you were our reporter uh, reporting in with us from the national convention a couple times you and former jefferson city mayor eric strump and 
I guess the question to you is, before we get into talking about the conference center and all, what's your feel for the the upcoming election and all of turnout, and what are you hearing from folks just around mid-Missouri? Well, I, I'm concerned about what, what 24 is going to be. I mean, I, I think we have, as Republicans, fumbled the ball occasionally, and you know, there's some issues on the national level. I was talking to some of the, a few of the candidates last night about you know their concerns in running. Can Republicans hold the majority in the U.S. House? Hopefully, pick up the the U.S. Senate, and you know certainly the president presidency is very important for the whole. I mean that kind of sets the tone of, of the message and has the bully pulpit. And I think there's concerns in, in Republican circles of being able to maintain some of those majorities. I mean I think as you heard from Scott Fawn last night kind of a warning to statewide Republicans that super majorities can disappear if you lose sight of governing and doing what needs to be done for the state of Missouri. So I hope the party takes a, a hard look. We had the state Lincoln days in, in Kansas City over the weekend. There were a lot of people in. There was a good crowd. And I, mean, I think there's leadership starting to say that we have got to get back to governing. We've got to get back to doing what's right for the state of Missouri. Last I checked, there's a filibuster that went all night long, and it was still going as of when I checked just a little while ago. And we have not started that good in the Missouri Senate to get the work of the people done. I get the message that some are talking about, but when you talk to just the regular people out and about, they want limited government, but there are some things that government needs to do, and we need to get on about the business. So long answer to your, answer to your question. I'm concerned more nationally because the numbers are so close. There's only a three-seat majority in the U.S. House. Senate obviously is in you know, a one- or two-seat majority the other way. There's some opportunities maybe to pick that up. The presidential race is going to be a toss-up no matter what, what folks say. I mean, it's just... Always there are a lot of factors. Statewide, you know, we're probably going to lose some of the margin. I mean, there's still super majorities on both sides. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to be a problem as far as who's going to control the legislature. But trends are not looking good. And I think we, we as a party need to take some responsibility and do some things differently. Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. John, thank you, and uh, great job hosting this morning, and, and Mike as well. Mr. Mayor, uh, two quick things I do want to point out. The Senate filibuster continues as we speak. Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman's initiative petition reform bill is being filibustered, and I was monitoring that in addition to the council meeting last night. It is still going to the point where she was asking if she needed to go put on new clothes. Um, one senator wanted to inquire of her early this morning. I think it was five o'clock in the morning and the sergeant of arms had to go get her um, because she I believe was she is in her office but they've been going all night so that is the Democrats are filibustering and they, they continue to be I know John wants to get into the conference center huge but another big issue is for Jefferson City and Columbia is Columbia Regional Airport. I've got a story up, kws.com, 939theeagle.com. I encourage people to look at it. Just put it up. I've confirmed Columbia Regional Airport manager uh, Mike Parks, Mr. Mayor, is heading to Arizona next week. He and Stacy Button will be talking to American about Charlotte. They're also going to be in more talks with United. He can't say a lot, but we know Charlotte's on the agenda. We know they're going to be talking with United. 
How big is that airport and those flights for Jefferson City and Cole County, sir? That airport is huge for us, and the more that they can expand, it creates opportunities for us here in Jefferson City. And we are so fortunate. I mean, we have the sixth busiest busiest airport in the state mm-hmm. here in Jefferson City, but we don't do commercial traffic. I mean, we there's a lot of state traffic, obviously, you know, the governor's planes, the National Guard, many companies have planes here, but we do not compete with them commercially. So it is to our advantage to have the Columbia Airport expand and give people in our area the opportunity to be able to travel without going to St. Louis or Kansas City. I've moved all my travel there now. It took me a while to do it, but I've moved it there just because of the convenience. They treat you right. You can get in and out. Typically, it's a little bit more expensive, but the convenience factor is so great. So we as a city knew that they were looking at some of those. They had approached other cities around them to put money into a pool to try to entice an airlines into the area. So we as a city committed $50,000 to that initiative on behalf of the citizens of Jefferson City because of the convenience factor. So the Charlotte run, you know, the... Arizona, I know they have looked at a couple other markets. Yep. We encourage, and we're so excited about the announcement. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Ron Fitzwater, Mayor of Jefferson City, with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Ron, before we let you get out of here, what is the status of a developer for the proposed new hotel, conference center, parking garage project in downtown Jefferson City? We're excited about the project. We put together a very tight timetable, but we brought in professionals to help us move through the steps The next step on that process is to hire a master developer that will come in and help us begin to put the pieces together. We've got two big studies that we need to update. One is a market feasibility study on the hotel side of it to tell us exactly what we need for this marketplace. The second piece is a parking study to upgrade our, our parking study of how many parking spots do we need in that site, what is the conference center going to demand was the hotel going to demand so we need a master developer to help us kind of pull those pieces together so we had two very legitimate proposals presented to a work group that we had put together that's run by jc regional economic partnership they have been our our partner in this and there was a unanimous recommendation of one of the master developers it's a company called garfield public private out of texas it unanimously came out of the ad, ad, admin committee, and now it's going to council tonight for a, a final vote. Hopefully, we're going to be successful, and that'll begin the process of putting the very complicated pieces together. But I'm really excited about tonight. Council has been great to work with. A lot of questions, and that's what we need to have, but we need to begin the process. So I hope tonight's going to be exciting and positive. Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater. Conference Center Development, I guess who the overstatement of the obvious, long time coming for the <laughs> capital city. It's been a long time coming. Ron, we appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. And up next, what's up with Anna? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Freedom of speech, practiced here daily, and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up in Missouri.
Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. John Marsh, Stephanie Bell, Randy Tobler off. 725-ish, and the question hanging in the air, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what is hot with Anna? Well, before I launch into what's hot with Hannah that we're actually early for, you know, I have to kill time since I'm not used to having this much free time to tell my story. Yeah, that's right. Millie Fawn probably brushing her teeth, so we should give it about 30 <laughs> seconds so she can catch the, the entire what's hot with Anna. Yes, uh, we got a great text from listener Jack at 874-9390. We were just talking to Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater before the break. And he was talking about, you know, that conference center that is hopefully coming to Jeff City. And Jack says, I would have bet an Olive Garden would be in Jefferson City before a conference (laughs) center, LOL. I thought that was funny because, of course, that's like the longest running joke that I'm aware of in Jefferson City. It's the bellwether. Oh, yeah. Anytime there's new construction happening in Jeff City, it seems like the rumor starts again that they're getting an Olive Garden. And it never turns out to be true. So maybe someday, Jack, maybe one day we will see an Olive Garden in Jefferson City. But that, that day is not today or anytime go. soon that I'm All right. Anyway, to, <laughs> to launch into what's hot with Hannah, uh, Fox Business is reporting on a study that was done by Zillow, which, of course, is one of these online platforms where folks can go to look at houses that are currently on the market I believe they recently have launched into advertising like apartments and houses that are for rent as well. Mm -hmm. But Zillow did a study on where Gen Z is moving. Um, You know, Gen Z, even at the youngest end, they're adults now. Breaking news. Uh, The youngest members of Gen Z are, you know, around 20 years old right now. Um, I, of course, fall into the Gen Z category. But do you have any guesses, John, <laughs> as to the number one state that adult Gen Z folks are like moving to? Any guesses? I don't know. Florida. <laughs> Mike? Texas. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so it is Texas. Uh, Texas was by and far the number one state that saw the most growth among Gen Z there was over 76,000 Gen Zers. We need to come up with an easier to say name yeah. for Gen Z. Uh, Gen Z, over 76,000 of them moved to Texas in 2022. And the second and third states are California and Florida. Basically, the, the folks from Zillow are saying that when you're younger, it's easier to move someone that, to move somewhere that's more expensive. And then when you get a little older in life and decide to settle down and maybe start a family, you're looking for things that are more affordable. Um, and that's maybe when you move back to a cheaper, <laughs> a cheaper state. I'm guessing Texas is, uh, has a lot to do with Austin. Yeah. Um, yep. Texas also. Which is, is a sanctuary city for LGBT. Oh boy. It yeah. Is. It is. It's hard to imagine Texas having a sanctuary city. Austin is a blue dot. That's just like true. Columbia is That's in the middle true. of Missouri. It is in the middle of Texas. Yeah, but, man. yeah, Zillow is saying that over three quarters of respondents to this survey, um, they're renting in either California, Florida, or Texas. So three quarters of hmm. the survey are renting in one of those three states. I thought that was pretty big. 
Uh, I, I don't plan on moving anywhere. I recently moved to the big city of California. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It, the median rental price in the U.S. is $1,300 right now. Ouch. That's crazy. I know yeah. I whine a lot about my $800 rent payment, but maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. My son went to college <laughs> in uh, just outside of Austin in a little town, a suburb called Georgetown. Texas. Sure. So I'm pretty familiar with uh, Austin. And right after he graduated, he moved out to L.A. And his rent was like 3500 a month for a while. Living, wow. Living in L.A. Yeah. Then he moved back to Austin. Did he have any roommates? Yeah, he did. He had three, uh, two guys went out there with him. They just, after they graduated, jumped in the car and headed out there. And he, he was out there maybe two and a half years and then made his way back to Austin and was there on and off for a couple years too. But Austin's become almost as high rent as uh, California and, and actually continuing to mushroom. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, a lot of, uh, Austin's a great place to live if you're a young person. There well, and yeah. the okay. the uh, the Fox Business article also credits Texas for being one of the leading states in being able to develop a, like affordable housing, mm-hmm. um, and you know more rentals and things like that. So no income tax either. If you happen to be making yeah, some yeah, money, there you go. It's, uh, pretty 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 handy, especially that's compared true. to L.A. or California. Oh yeah, we have a friend's son and family who recently left Georgetown for job work in Denver. So. I'll be darn. I, I, Georgetown's sort of a like great a, little town. I love my kid going to school there. It was fun. Sort of like a certain athletic director at the University of Missouri leaving for greener <laughs> pastures when we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get an exclusive look behind the scenes of the show by watching on YouTube. Search Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWOS. I'm John Marsh, Randy, and Stephanie off this morning. Mike Murphy, Comobuzz.com. Producer Hannah, Brian Houseworth, cast of thousands in with us. We'll be checking in with Callaway County State Representative Jim Schulte a little after 8, about 8.10 this morning. Actually doing some bills, we understand from Jim, regarding border security and how that applies to Missouri and also some... Uh, some bills about one of them about celebratory gunfire that uh, got some traction yesterday at the state house. Big story, and Mike had the duty yesterday afternoon. I guess what changing of the guard in Mizzou's athletic department. It was a shocker. I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, I guess you'd have to be a real insider not to have been shocked. I think most of the public was shocked that Mizzou athletic director uh, Desiree Reed Francois. Uh, is going to be introduced as the new athletic director at the University of Arizona next week. So she's gone, and we're looking for a new athletic director at, at MU. I know when this broke yesterday, uh, folks who are familiar with Cousin Andy from a couple years ago, uh, Andy Humphrey from our sister station, KTGR, uh, his desk is right next to mine, and we were chatting about this, that, and the other, and all of a sudden he goes, oh my gosh, that was shocking. <laughs> And we all were kind of stunned a little bit by the news because she hadn't been here very long. Three years, which is interesting. That That's about right for her. She's moved a lot. It, it didn't seem, I was a little surprised to hear it was almost three years. It doesn't seem that long. But what's interesting, and you know, this, there's a ton of speculation going on right now, is why? Why would she leave? She's, she's on top of the world here, uh, apparently. Uh, the sports programs are 
you know, well, certainly football and fundraising, and there seems to be just this big wave of uh, positiveness coming out of MU Sports. They just got the biggest donation yeah. ever. What was that, 60 mil? 62. 62. You know, the basketball team is, hopefully this is a one-off uh, uh, mess for them right now that'll get fixed next year. But basically, I think she's regarded as a state-of-the-art uh, uh, elite athletic director and she's leaving suddenly and not for a pay increase and not for a more she's leaving the sec for less money it's like what is going on now it's speculation it is interesting because you know we've watched this gosh over the years as longtime mizzou fans think about names going way back like joe castiglione and mr sterk and all these guys but uh this really came out of you know want a, a sports pun left field for sure <laughs> well and you know the cesspool that is twitter or x whichever you call it uh we were talking about the speculation and one twitter user pointed out you know coming off of a super great football season the biggest donation in the program's history all these positive things and then all of a sudden the board of curators announced was it last week that they're going to have this oversight committee or yeah. whatever it's mm-hmm. called i'm not real well versed on the specifics um but speculation that maybe that was why she left that's the most uh uh that's the general consensus at the moment uh, subject to change i would think but on uh, early in February, the board did announce, the board of curators announced that they were forming this four-member committee called the Mizzou Intercollegiate Athletic Special Committee to oversee the uh, athletic department. So there could be, well, there is speculation that that's some meddling by the board of curators into what would be the job of an independent athletic director, or independent's probably the wrong word because they're not, that's not some formality, that's just... I think if you're a really successful athletic director, you need some freedom to to do your job and, and, and make the kind of decisions you need to do, perhaps without, I don't know if I'd want to call it interference, but without new and fresh oversight of your finances. I, I think I read a, I, I pulled a piece out of that meeting of what exactly this, this four-member committee made up of curators would do, and their words is to... Uh, obtain, monitor, and gather all information the committee deems necessary to assess progress of athletic funding efforts and the results of funding. So that's oversight of the athletic director, and you can't blame the speculation when two weeks later no. she's suddenly gone for uh, what would appear at best to be a lateral move. It's not even a lateral move. Well, I think back to when Jim Shirk moved on after what four or five years at the university and. You know, and he was a guy who hired uh, Coach Drake, and he hired Conzo Martin and all that. And it was kind of, there was a lot of speculation surrounding his move to leave the university as well. Yeah, my recollection is that uh, Moon Choi decided we need to go in a different direction with a more, I like the word elite, uh, in this modern world of very rapidly changing world of college athletics. And then uh, Desiree certainly fit that bill, and she came in with a bang. I also think that she stepped on a lot of toes getting this job done, and I'm not sure inside of uh, the Mizzou Athletic Department she was the most uh, mm-hmm. popular person. <laughs> not to say that that's uh, meaningful or even fair. Anybody who's going to be a change agent, which she clearly was, is going to step on some toes. But the bottom line is, whatever the reason, and I suspect it has something to do with both of those things, 
But I would also caution, uh, this needs some time to come out. We need some journalists on top of this telling us what's going on because sometimes, I would say actually most of the time, things aren't always as they seem. You know what I, you know what I mean? It's like there's what's apparent and what we think, and then there's usually a story that uh, uh, fits the narrative a lot better than what we currently have, and I'm not sure we really have the information we need yet to fill that narrative out. Well, listener Brad is kind of telling us very nicely uh, that we need to stop speculating because it could be as simple as she's going back home. You know, she went to law school in Arizona. So maybe it's just as simple as well, she wants to return nice. to her alma mater. Yeah, right. Maybe. You're I talking mean, about somebody who's done nothing but climb, climb up a, <laughs> a, a career ladder uh, rapidly and aggressively for the, for the last uh, almost two decades. And uh, to get herself into the uh, seven-figure salary range and on top of the world here and wants to go back and uh, live at her alma mater, I I guess that's uh, speculation also. I I remember when she first came in, and there was uh, behind the scenes a lot of shakeup with some senior Mm -hmm. assistants in Mm -hmm. the athletic department who were not only moved down the chain of command, but were moved to different departments in the university. So, heck... We think back when Jim Sturck left. I mean, remember when he got into it with the South Carolina yeah. women's basketball coach, Don Staley, and all the allegations of, you know, promoting the negative environment and catcalling and all that, and it ended up in a lawsuit, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a little one. Uh, <laughs> just, a, just a little but, one. <laughs> but, but Desiree is a star, right? She is a, a star in this field, I think, nationwide. Uh I think clearly she is regarded as an elite athletic director, and we just lost her. And there needs to be some explanation for that, I think. Didn't uh, she come out of UNLV? Yes, yes, yeah. and several places before that. And, and she has, as as I said, she's been a star everywhere, and she was a star here. Well, and, and our, our friend Andy Humphrey, again, was saying yesterday that it's not a great look for Mizzou that we're yet again losing an athletic director to a job that has lesser pay and overall kind of looks like a a worse gig than what they might have had at Mizzou. So, you know, something internally, you know, is maybe going on that needs to be addressed or else we're going to keep having the same problem. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Moon Choi pulls out, what Rabbity pulls out of the hat, because now also the elephant in the room is what type of... uh Perhaps what type of uh, athletic director are we going to be able to recruit who now has a four-person advisory board uh, 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 riding herd over their decisions and their uh, management and leadership of the operation? It'll be interesting. Now, knowing Moon Choi, I'm optimistic. I think he perhaps he does pull a rabbit out of his hat. Perhaps this gets explained away as, hey, if you have top people, if you have great people, you're going to lose them. That's a typical thing in, 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 in all the sports over there, right? So uh, maybe he comes up with a great replacement. I hope he does. Well, and she starts in her new role yeah, at Arizona, like March yeah, 4th. She's gone. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, just a couple weeks, basically. So they're going to have to figure something out pretty quickly. I think they've named an interim, and I think they, they'll they function just fine. Uh, 
you know, the, the management structures in place there. That's an enormous operation managing an, an enormous amount of money and uh, activities and with, with a lot of responsibility. So they can, they can go without yeah. that type of leadership for a while while he does a search and, and finds who he uh, wants to find as Didn't a replacement. It? And remember, he came up with her. And nobody knew who she was when she came in. And there was a lot of eyebrows raised also. A female athletic director coming in, that's going to raise eyebrows. Stirk out, in comes this person. So uh, we'll see what he does next time. Well, it's interesting. You know, we were reading the stories, and as Cousin Andy reported, that uh, Arizona not in the best shape. Uh, no. The athletics there won Yikes. from a win-loss record, but from the last guy, the last AD, got fired over financial challenges. Correct. They're, they're, they just fired the last guy, and they're in debt. A lot of debt, like a hundred million plus in debt, right? Yep, and moving yeah. and moving conferences. So, Ugh. so they they it's probably a coup for them. Uh, and uh, I guess we're going to have to. That's right. They're jumping to Big Twelve, aren't they? Yeah. So it will remain to be seen what it is for us. Man, the texture's blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people weighing in this morning. Uh, lots to say about Mizzou. Lots of very pessimistic things about Mizzou leadership. Uh, Coming in on eight seven four ninety three ninety, I think so. I think uh, as Mizzou fans, we're just used to kind of getting our hearts broken a little bit. <laughs> well, it was one of those kinds of stories that sure caught all of us by surprise when it catches our our, our on point sports guys <laughs> on the Tiger by surprise. Uh, it it came came in unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah, and I know one of the things that Desiree was working on or had gotten accomplished was lowering concession prices at Mizzou sporting events uh, to basically try to draw more of a crowd. Well, addressing, I really hope that continues because yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, they have to address the game day experience. It had gotten yeah. pretty bad. And she was, I mean, those are the types of things that an athletic director does. Uh, there's just constant improvements that needs to be done all the time. Uh, and, and that's, I think, how they're, just the massive build out that's going on there. Now we're talking about a uh, ballpark village type uh, situation on the north end uh, soon. And now with $62 million, $50 million coming in for the project, yeah. she was making enormous progress, the type of progress that you just don't see, generational type progress. That's what's so just staggering about. Then you wake up one day and she's just gone. Well, you, you wonder if the success of the Missouri Tiger football team played into it because you cycle that back into the big, big, big bucks that come in for TV revenues. And well, let's maybe... hope our uh, our uh, our sports journalists, our local sports journalists, get on top of this and give us some good information over the next couple of days, and we find out what's going on and what went on. Just ahead on that would be all timber. Why are we off the air? When Wake Up Mid-Missouri continues. (laughs) This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Saying whatever we want. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. When Barbara Swissie. And that would be all, except for this. Small town radio station manager had a big surprise when he learned that his 200-foot-tall radio tower and transmitter in Jasper, Alabama, 
wasn't wasn't there anymore. Brett Elmore is the GM of WJLX. Said the landscaper had been doing a cleanup of the transmitter property when the crew discovered the tower was gone. Oh. All the equipment had been stolen out of the shed. The wires to the tower had been cut at the site. Said he was still shocked the tower, which had been in place since the 1950s, was no longer standing. It knocked the AM station off the air. They petitioned the FCC to get a waiver to continue to broadcast on the FM side. And the station said, the FCC boys said, Nope, FM translators are prohibited from operating when the AM primary (laughs) is off the air. And he said the station would be in a jam even if it would be found. It will be in pieces and we will have to rebuild it. The word (laughs) is they have not found it. Brings up a story of our old boss TR here at Zimmer when he worked at a non-Zimmer station. It was his day off. He got a call by the guy on the air, said you need to get here now. He got there. The tower was laying on the ground. The farmer mowing hay hooked a guy wire with his tractor, and down came the tower. Now we know the rest of that story, which is not one you want to know the rest of. You know, for anyone that might not be aware, uh, those radio towers, especially the really big ones, are a whole lot of dollars. They are very expensive, so I can't imagine just... Finding your tower, the whole thing is missing. Well, if no. I was writing yeah. a book on it, I, I would re- remember Red Elmore from Jasper, Alabama. It's like, you can't make that up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those kind of deals, you know. It's uh, the price of doing business. But, you know, there's those stories you hear anecdotally. Thank goodness from those of us who have never experienced that in the radio biz. But, boy, doesn't take much for something to come down i mean and that's why the faa is so on top of it if we have a transmitter light bulb on on any positions on any of our towers we are required to notify them yesterday (laughs) and usually there's fences now around anything that where you could possibly touch a guy wire guide wire well, you can't get to the towers proper, but usually the uh, guy wires are outside the Yeah, outside they're anchored, the aren't they? Yeah, anchored in the ground. Although they, that's an interesting story. Uh, I, I do know what you're talking about or have seen those. They're huge, big anchors, though, for a big one. I mean, big anchors, big anchor bolts c- cemented down into the ground. Yeah, go go look at some of the the big TV towers and yeah. some of those in mid Missouri. So yeah. we uh, ought to forward this story to our uh, engineers. Get their get their take. Give on them this. the shivers. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike Mayfield, our chief engineer, I'm sure he's he's been in radio a while himself, and I'm sure he's got some stories there as well. A lot coming up. Uh, getting busy over at the state house, and as we heard last night at the. At the Cole County Lincoln Days, had a lot of folks in attendance, both folks running for statewide office and our local folks, Callaway County State Rep. Jim Schulte coming in to join us today as we talk about some action over in the House. They're trying to move ahead, even even though we still understand that there's a a filibuster going on in the in the Missouri State Senate this morning with the with the Dems pushing things in that direction to see where that's all going to go before the smoke clears at the state house and it is you know price of doing business but boy as Mike can relate it's it's been a crazy tough year over there already yeah i think that is the subject still ip reform i'm sure it is right and oh it, i'm sure yeah 
Well, yeah, that continues on and the whole debate about it. And, uh, and the House folks are quick to point out that, hey, we did our due diligence mm-hmm. and, and passed, uh, passed an IP bill last time around and it got over to the, the Senate side and just kind of sat there on the back burner and, and the fire eventually went out. I think it's a nice way of the House telling the Senate to get their heads out of there, you know what. Yeah, it's too bad we have, we, I mean, this is lamented every day, so this is so repetitive, but we have uh, all this majority, all the supermajority, we're in position and uh, we can't get anything done. Callaway County State Representative Jim Schulte, we'll talk to him about what border security